Today is January 19th, and this is the 36th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Saturday, January 16th, last weekend. What a way to kick off the year on Fight Island with UFC Fight Night, Holloway versus Cater, and what a main event we had in the featherweight division. Max Holloway making a statement, arguably the best featherweight of all time, and completely dominating Calvin Cater. To give you a little fight statistics, Holloway outstruck Cater with 445 significant strikes to 133. Holloway landed 274 to the head, 117 to the body, and 54 to the legs. I mean, completely dominant. And and such a heavy amount of strikes landed, not only thrown. You know, if you read these thrown strikes, they're almost double what he landed. So it's even more so impressive the output Max Holloway put out. Max Holloway improves to 22 and 6. Calvin Cater is now 22 and 5. You know, although Calvin Cater got beat here and beat pretty bad, I don't think that this in totally hurts him too much. He's still going to be a great fighter and he's still going to climb up, you know, the featherweight rankings over a little bit of time, but it just shows how good Max Holloway is. Max Holloway is championship caliber, you know, I really think that it's him and Alexander Volkanovsky and then everyone else. We'll see how the title bout between Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega goes. You know, maybe Ortega has now entered that top tier. Uh, obviously, he had some time off after losing to Max Holloway and then coming back and beating the Korean Zombie pretty dominantly. So we'll see if he has now moved into that top tier of elite in the featherweight division. But... You know, for Max, I really think that you see how this fight goes between Alexander Volkanovsky and Ortega, and you really deserve to be next. If not, maybe just have an expedition fight against a guy in a higher weight division. You know, I really don't see there being anyone in this division for him to face unless maybe Yarir Rodriguez and Zabit fight, and then maybe Holloway would fight the winner of that. But besides that, I I don't really see much else for him other than the title fight, you know. He wants the hardest fights in the featherweight division, so keep him coming. And for Calvin Cater, you know, I I think uh, there's a couple things next for him. Obviously, I don't think he deserves to fight anyone lower than him. I think, you know, he is ranked number six. Um, I, I think that he should only fight guys ahead of him, and that being maybe the Korean Zombie, who just lost to Brian Ortega, uh, potentially, you know, maybe the winner or loser of Zabit and Yari Rodriguez, um, or maybe even the loser of Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega, you know? So there's definitely options for Calvin Cater. I'd say take a little bit of time and then go from there, but uh, we, we definitely haven't seen the uh, full capability of Calvin Cater yet. Uh, he, there's still plenty of room for him to grow. And obviously, Max Holloway being as young as he is, we're going to see some great things from him moving into the future as well. And, you know, that it was a great main event. Very entertaining. And what a way to kick off the year on ABC. It was a really great way for UFC to start showing uh, what they are about and their entertainment to you know a different crowd. In the co-main event, you had Carlos Condon 
defeating Matt Brown by unanimous decision. Now, all three judges gave all three rounds to Carlos Condon. I disagree with that for to it a little bit. Um, I really believe that Matt Brown deserved one of those rounds, specifically the first. But I do think Carlos Condon deserved the decision win and probably deserves a unanimous decision as well. I just think that Matt Brown got robbed of a round, but it's okay. You know, this fight wasn't exactly the striking war I thought it was going to be, but it turned into a little bit more of a grappling war. You know, it was grimy, and and they were getting after it, and they made each other bleed and stuff. So I was expecting that, but I was just expecting a little bit more of strikes. And, uh, you know, I know Matt Brown lost this fight, and he was considering retirement. And then after the fight, he didn't quite sound 100% sold on retirement, maybe because he had that loss. Uh, that sour taste in his mouth. So I understand that. And, you know, uh, he he probably will end up retiring, but we will see. And for Carlos Condon, Carlos Condon, you know, his contract with the UFC is up. He says he's not really sure what's next. He'll see what's happening. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him retire. He did look good. But um, at the same time, we might see a re-sign or maybe a move to the different division. He, you know, when he, and when he was questioned about that in the press conference post-fight, he didn't really seem like he wanted to leave the UFC promotion. He seemed like he's had a great experience with them and they've treated him well. So I think if we see him fight again, we will see him in the UFC. If not, he may retire. And before that, with a huge upset wing, we had Li Jing Lang defeating uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. And, you know, I think Ponzinibbio really should have won this fight. He was a heavy, heavy favorite and he just got caught coming in. Uh, and uh, but a big big win for Jing Lang, um, big name. You know, I was talking about this on the previous podcast. Uh, a lot of people forgot about Ponzinibbio. Uh, I thought he was going to make a statement, got caught. You know, but maybe that took takes some of that. Uh, you know, ring nervousness from not fighting a little bit out, and hopefully we see him back in there soon. And I'd like to see him compete and see what he can do in the welterweight division because I definitely think that that wasn't his true performance. I think he, you know, I don't want to call it a fluke because obviously it's good on the part of Jing Lang and he's not a bad fighter at all. So, you know, I hope to see both fighters continue and, and pick up a win their next fight. Um, but especially for Ponzinibbio, partially because I had him to win. And, and a similar situation happened in the previous fight before that in the middleweight division. You know, Hakeem Buckley, uh, you know, caught a, a head kick on his head and got knocked out by Alessio DeCherico. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like DeCherico, his knockout was a little more um, skillful than the other one. I feel like Jing Lang caught Ponzinibbio compared to Alessio DeCherico kind of going after Buckley and, and getting that head kick. But, um you know, impressive uh, win for DeCherico. He needed this to get back on the horse. He's 13-5. and five. He needs to start getting his record tuning up with some more wins in the middleweight division. You know, it's a very competitive division. And, and Hakeem Buckley can't continue to, you know, he was on a couple fight win streak, but he cannot afford another loss because he's going to move. If he loses again, he'll move to 12-5. and five. He's 12-4 and four now. He needs to hop back on the win streak after this fight, especially coming off of all that hype last year, picking up two wins after losing to Kevin Holland. And, uh, you know, this man needs, 
he he achieved the the knockout of the year last year he feels like he's got all this pressure i feel like he might be a little bit of a hype train if i'm being honest you know he picked up one great knockout and and thought he was insane and then uh bull rush jordan wright uh picked up a knockout win but i haven't really seen anything else too too impressive from him so i need to see something impressive from him next fight otherwise i feel like he's just a hype train and for decherico i know he's just in there to fight and and try and improve so we'll see what's next for the both of them and for the first fight of the main card i was very impressed for with puna healy soriano you know i wanted to hop on him although everyone i was kind of following uh you know when i look at predictions they were on the Dusko Todorovic train, and uh, I think maybe Dusko is better, but I think Dusko came in with a bad strategy and too confident and kept his hands down. And Punahili caught him, and you know he put his lights out, uh, kept hitting him in the head, and Dusko couldn't really take too much. It was really more of a bad approach by Todorovic than anything, and uh, Soriano capitalized. I do like Soriano a lot. I think he's a good guy. I like his fighting. You know, he's a good ground fighter, but he's working on his, his stand-up, and we saw it there. A big knockout win for him, and, uh, you know, it's impressive. And um, way to capitalize. I was just kind of pissed off by Todorovic for the way he fought. And overall, the you know, the prelims were entertaining as well. You know, Carlos Felipe didn't look as good as I thought he was going to, and it, but did pick up the win. And, uh, you know, Ramazov, uh, Amiv picked up a win i kind of expected that uh he picked it up by split decision and austin lingo looked fantastic against jacob kilburn uh and won by unanimous decision and you really saw how good he is um very crisp with his shots and very powerful as well and you know it is now fight week uh it has been fight week, obviously, because we had UFC fight night, Hallway versus Cater. Now that that's over, it was a great event. But uh, this week is fight week for not only UFC 257. You know, a lot of people are so focused on that. And obviously, there is all the reason in the world to be focused on that. You get the return of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. The second time they will be fighting the rematch, it should be a great event. You got a lot of fights on that card as well, such as Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler. As the co-main event, you know, it's going to be a great pay-per-view. It's going to be. But a lot of people are are overlooking the UFC fight night taking place Wednesday, tomorrow, January 20th, with Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny in the main event. And that should be a great card as well. Um, now, I don't, you know, I see why people are overlooking this card because, you know, you got a great pay-per-view later in the week. But... I, I'm not overlooking it. I think it's going to be a great card. I'm excited to watch. And uh, let's dive into this main event. You know, Michael Chiesa, Neil Magny, they're kind of in a similar position in the welterweight division. You know, Michael Chiesa ranked number eight, Neil Magny ranked number nine. And um, kind of similar fighters you know they 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 work their striking kind of from the outside uh although Kiesa is southpaw and, and neil magny's orthodox we're gonna get that opposite stance fight um but you know they might especially with Kiesa. Kiesa will work the takedowns his his background is wrestling magny will use clinch and takedowns when he needs it as well you know magny is kind of a tool fighter he uses 
he he takes the fight where his his opponent is at the weakness so he's a well-rounded fighter and uh you know, the way I see this fight going, I feel Magny's going to, you know, use his striking from the outside. And I know Chiesa is going to, I think Chiesa is not going to have as well a striking as Magny in this fight. And he's going to try and take this fight to the ground. And I think Magny is going to do well with his takedown in the fence and work up against the cage. Although Chiesa does his best work up against the cage as well. But I think Magny's going to continue to keep this fight on the feet. And uh, win this fight. I don't really see either guy finishing each other just because I feel like both fighters are very good and they have the skills to not get finished. So I'm going to take Neil Magny by decision. Should be a great fight. And, uh, you know, for both guys, really, this fight is sort of a fight that's going to boost you into a number one contender fight uh, if you look impressive or just kind of dominate. And, um, you know, you win that fight, you could be eventually fighting for the championship very soon, maybe by the end of the year. So, eyes on that fight as uh, very much so. Another fight in the welterweight division in the co-main event, you got Alves versus Lezez. And, uh, you know, Lezez has extremely sharp striking. He's 10-1. and one. He's six foot one. He's got a little bit of a height uh, advantage as well as reach advantage over Alves both orthodox fighters and you know i think alves's path to victory is to get this fight to the ground he is the underdog here and uh you know he obviously has a, a disadvantage on the feet compared to lizez but if lizez keeps this fight to the feet i think he could get a, a knockout over alves and i'm going to take a round two knockout for lizez and before this fight you're going to get a light heavyweight fight between ike villanova and Vinicius Moriera and you know Villanova is the favorite and I haven't been impressed with his first two fights in the UFC he had he which are two losses uh I don't know I just feel like I, I haven't looked that he hasn't looked that great and uh Moriera is you know looking for to pick up a win he's on a three fight losing streak I'm going to go with Moriera here. He is the underdog. I like his value there. In the women's flyweight division, we're going to get Roxanne Modafferi versus Vivian Arejo. And uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Modafferi for some reason. Maybe it's just her look. Uh, I don't really know what it is. So I'm going to go with Arejo uh, just to give you a little fight breakdown because I, I know I gave you a quick pick. Uh, Mataferi will have a three inch height advantage and a one inch reach advantage. They're both orthodox fighters. Uh, Arariho is the heavy favorite, uh, minus 340, and Mataferi is the underdog. And this, these lines that I'm giving you, um, are from ESPN. So before that, in the flyweight division, we're going to get Matt Schnell versus Tyson Nam. And Matt Schnell is the underdog and Tyson Nam is the favorite and that most likely because Tyson Nam, you know, all of his experience, um, half of his wins have come by knockout, uh, 11 out of the 20. He does have 11 losses and, you know, that could be seen in two different ways. You know, he's learned a lot from them or maybe he's just not that great and he picks up a lot of losses. Matt Schnell is 14 and 5. Both guys, you know... Looking to climb the featherweight division, uh, or flyweight division, my bad, um, which is also a very, very competitive and hard division. 
I'm going to go with Tyson Nam. Uh, you know, but M- Matt Snell could pull this upset, you know, both orthodox fighters, uh, similar height and reach. Uh, Matt Snell is a little bit bigger, uh, but I'm going to go with Tyson Nam. And for the first fight of the night, it should be very, very entertaining in the featherweight division. You're going to get the heavy favorite, Lerone Murphy, facing the underdog, Douglas Silva de Andrade. You know, both guys, um, high, high prospects in this featherweight division. More so, Lerone Murphy being 9-0 and 1, looking to climb this division. He has great knockout power. I think that's what we will see. From him, I think we will see a knockout um, or a decision win from him, but most likely knockout. And uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade, obviously having some some high high fighters uh, on his resume. Maybe not so much wins, but high fighters. Uh, you know, he has a win over Cheeto Vera, a loss against Peter Yan. Um, but those were, you know, obviously in the bantamweight division. Uh, this fight is going to be in the featherweight division, so Lerone Murphy is going to be a little bit bigger than him. Which, you know, I think is why he is uh, the favorite being that he is the natural featherweight. And I think we will see him win. And as far as the prelims, you know, you got Omari Amakinev versus Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze is the favorite, so I will roll with him. Um, Otherwise, I would normally go with Omari. Uh, You got Ricky Simone, who is the heavy favorite against Gastano Perillo. I'm going to roll with Ricky Simone. And... The other fight night pick, uh, you know, quick pick I will give you is going to be Umar Nurmagomedov versus Sergio Morozov. You know, uh, Sergey is going to be a, one of his hardest fights, although Umar is such a such a heavy heavy favorite, and I think this is because he is Habib's brother uh, or relative. I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Umar is his brother, and um, you know, Umar is twelve and zero, so. I think you got to roll with him. And, uh, you know, that's UFC Fight Night, Chiesa versus Magni. It's going to be a great event. I'm super excited. It takes place Wednesday. Now, UFC has really put on great fights on UFC Fight Island last year. And so far this year, it's been fantastic. Starting with Holloway versus Cater, we're going to get Chiesa versus Magni, and we're going to finish up. On the 23rd of January, Saturday, this Saturday, Poirier versus McGregor, too. I cannot wait. And, you know, this whole main card is going to be a great card. And, uh, you know, we have Amanda Rebus, Atman Azatar v- facing the the New Yorker, Matt Frezovola. Um, we're going to get Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood. And, obviously, Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. And our main event, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. It's going to be a great card. I'm so super, super, super excited. You know, the early prelim should be entertaining. The prelim should be entertaining. And I will give you guys the recap of Chiesa and Magni on the same episode. Maybe before. We'll see what happens. Um... But I'm definitely going to give you that preview of Poirier versus McGregor 2 very soon. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you guys soon.